Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 79 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for the freedom to read your word and worship you. Help us learn more of you and your ways today. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what's happening in John chapter 11. This chapter is rich with God's love, compassion, and power. It also has much to teach us. This is the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead by Jesus. Jesus loved he and his sisters very, very much, as you will see in our reading today. Well, Mary and Martha had sent word to Jesus that their brother was sick. However, he delayed in going because he was going to do a big work there. He wanted to show the power of God to the people he loved the most, both the disciples and this family. So their faith would increase exponentially. They would need this faith in the future, and he knew it. Verse 4 says, when Jesus received the message, he said, this sickness is not to end in death, but on the contrary, it is to honor God and to promote his glory that the Son of God may be glorified by and through it. Jesus was this family's only hope, and yet he delayed. Mary and Martha were beside themselves with grief when their brother died. I'm sure they couldn't imagine why Jesus hadn't come, but Jesus had a plan. His plan included increasing the people's faith beyond what they had previously known. We may wonder where Jesus is when we experience difficulties. And when the circumstances cannot possibly get any worse, we begin to wonder why he hasn't come to save us. But just about that time, he drops in with a miracle. The 11th hour, his 11th hour. God knows when the time is perfect for his miracle. Well, when Jesus arrived on the scene, Lazarus had been dead for four days. Both Mary and Martha told Jesus that if he just have been there, their brother would not have died. He told them about faith and belief that he wanted them to believe in him more fully, but they didn't quite understand what he was actually talking about. The shortest verse in the Bible is in verse 35, where it says, Jesus wept. He was full of compassion for his friends. God shows us his tender heart throughout this chapter. The miracle was about to happen. But first, verse 38 tells us that Jesus repeatedly sighed and was deeply disquieted as he approached the tomb. He was about to overcome death, and it is a serious business. Remember, in the Old Testament, God could not be present where death was present. Jesus called life back into Lazarus' spirit. First, he prays a prayer of thanksgiving. He shows us the power of giving thanks here in this miracle and also in many others, such as feeding the thousands with just a few loaves of bread and fish. In lack and in grief, he gave thanks. Then he commanded Lazarus to come out with a loud voice and an exclamation point. A miracle takes power and strength. Let's see what Paul is writing to the Galatians about in chapter 6. For me, this is possibly the most compassionate message on sin in the Bible other than Jesus' compassion for sinners. Paul writes that if anyone who has the Holy Spirit within them sins, then when they confess and are made right before God, they should be fully restored and reunited with the church without any sense of superiority and with all gentleness. And none should be so quick to judge without carefully considering their own faults and sins. He encourages them to bear each other's burdens and moral faults and writes, For if any person thinks himself to be somebody too important to condescend, shoulder someone else's load, then he is nobody of superiority except in his own estimation. He deceives and deludes and cheats himself. 
for every person will have to bear, be equal to understanding and calmly receive his own little load of oppressive faults. So powerful. We all have faults. And then he encourages the church, telling them to not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due time and at the appointed season, we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. Again, very powerful. We do get tired, maybe tired of our own faults. Sometimes our sin can burden us beyond our ability to carry it. But Paul tells us to have courage. It takes courage to fight. Our fight against sin is also a fight against the enemy. We are covered by Jesus' blood, and he will help us. The battle belongs to the Lord. Over and over, we learn that as we read the Bible. Let us lean into him and believe he has already won the war that is waged against us. And then let's help someone else. He ends his letter by telling them that circumcision is false security because the law is dead. The Jewish people cannot even follow it, but their flesh glories in it. However, God's glory is shown through grace, which was Jesus crucified, not in works of the flesh. Let's see what is happening with the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Moses recounts the Ten Commandments one by one. He retells the story of how God gave them the commandments at the foot of the mountain. They heard his voice and they were afraid. So they sent Moses to receive all the remaining statutes. He continues to remind them to not make images of any kind to worship. In verse 9, he reminds them God told them he was a jealous God. We end the chapter with verse 33, which says, You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live, and that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land which you possess. Let us seek God today. Seek his plan for our lives. Seek his will. Ask him to help us see where we are not following him, but following our own desires instead. He is the living God and will continue to be alive for us as we are alive on this earth. He will mold and shape us until we go home to be with him. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is filled with richness as well. Let's remember that when Jesus was in the wilderness for those 40 days, he fought the enemy with verses from Deuteronomy. Moses starts out reminding the people to remember the laws and precepts once they are in the promised land. He said that you may reverently fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, and keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Verse 5 is one of the verses Jesus quoted to the enemy and says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your mind and heart and with your entire being and with all your might. The great commandment has never changed. And Moses tells them to make this their first intent and then teach it to their children. In fact, they should talk about it continually. And then he gives them a warning preceded by telling them everything they were going to inherit in the land of milk and honey was already built and ready for them. He warns them, though, to not forget the Lord when they are living in the lap of luxury. We see Moses continue to warn them, as he already has done, to worship no other gods before God because God is a jealous God. Interestingly, the 79th Psalm shows us what happens when the people, God's people, forsook God. Moses foretells of all that would happen, and through Asaph's Psalm, we see it did happen. Even so, Asaph prays for God's mercy. He prays, help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of your name. Deliver us, forgive us, and purge away our sins for your name's sake. Yes, Asaph is calling out to God on behalf of the people, just like Moses told them to do when they wandered away from him and God will hear their prayer. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for showing more of yourself and your holy nature in your word. 
Father, help us turn our hearts to you and surrender ourselves to you. Show us how to come up higher and walk in your ways. Help us be obedient to you in all ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.